tonight we are taking a, a few moments here to acknowledge the fact that there can be a blue side to this season. That's a time when we're supposed to feel happy, or at least that's what we're told. We're supposed to feel joyful. We're supposed to feel excitement. And yet there are sorrows and loneliness that continue. And so we will take some time to sit in our loneliness tonight, and we'll talk about that a little bit through this service. Job was obviously in misery and pain and suffering. He had been through a lot in the past days and weeks. Satan went to God, and when Satan and God were talking, God held Job up as an example of, of righteousness and faithfulness. And yet Satan said, well, yeah, because you have blessed him so abundantly. You have given him health and wealth and family. You have given him social status and power. Take those things away. And then let's see what Job's faith is like. And God allowed Satan to test Job. Exactly what, uh, that's exactly what happened, that Job uh, lost everything. Over those uh, few days, few hours even, he lost his livestock. He lost his children. He lost his prestige, even lost his health, and was afflicted with sores from head to toe. Job had obvious pain, obvious loneliness, missing his loved ones. Even his wife had lost heart and said, just give up. And Job was sitting, mourning, lonely, and his three friends came, made an appointment to come and to, to be with him. They came and they, they sat with him in the ashes. They comforted him. They had sympathy on him. They cared for him. If you know the story of Job, you know that uh, his friends go on to say some things that were not helpful. <laughs> it's probably worth noting that uh, they were doing a really good job until they opened their mouth. But at this point, let's give them credit. They were there for him. And they were sitting sitting Shiva, right? That's the the... Jewish tradition of sitting Shiva. Uh, Shiva is the Jewish word for seven, right? So seven days and seven nights, they're sitting there together, not speaking much, just presence, a ministry of presence. And that was a Jewish tradition. We see Joseph the patriarch did the same thing when his father Jacob died. And I think maybe we can learn something from that. You know, we 
tend to as Americans, as 21st century human beings, just bulldoze through our pains, our troubles, our loneliness, and slap on that fake smile and hope it just goes away, not letting people into our hearts. But it's okay. In fact, that's why we're here tonight. It's okay to take a moment and to acknowledge our loneliness, like Job and his friends did. It's okay to not be okay. That's why we're here tonight, friends. So let's go ahead and take our hearts to the Lord this evening. Now our loneliness may not always be as obvious and, and acute as the pain and loneliness of someone like Job. This past week, about a week ago, I was on the phone talking to my grandmother back home, back in Ohio, where I grew up. And as we were talking, as I was talking to my grandma Dolly, as I referred to her, we were reminiscing a little bit about Christmas Eve's past. When I was growing up, when I was younger, Christmas Eve was a time that Grandma Dolly's side of the family would get together me and my family included in that. And my grandma Dolly is uh, Italian, right? And so I personally, um, my last name is McGurr. I say that I am, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm Scotch-Irish by name. I am German by religion, Lutheran, <clears throat> and yet I'm a mutt. And so I do have a strand of Italian running through me. And we were just talking about those, uh, those Christmases, and we'd have the traditional, well, at least in our family, the traditional Italian Christmas Eve feast of, of fish and smelt that was all, you know, and, and, and I'll be honest, like, it's, it was gross to a, to a kid growing up. I did not uh, like it at all. But I miss it, if that makes sense. Uh, we were talking more and more and just talking about the times that we'd get together at her house or at uh, my cousin Eve's house and seeing people that I'd see maybe once or twice a year. As I think about being with them, I feel a warmth in my face. Right, that comfortable uh, feeling of warmth. Uh, thinking about my cousins and the times that we had playing and running through the snow. And in particular, as my grandma and I were talking, uh, we, we talked a little bit about my, my cousin, Rachel. Rachel was about yeah, 10 years younger than me, give or take. And... We would just play together uh, amazingly. Like I have such fond memories of her. Uh, she she has 
had this um, beautiful, thick, dark hair that was super curly and just, uh, I can just remember like two-year-old little her running around <laughs> and obviously as we grew, she got older, I got older and to the point where I said to my grandma, can you get me Rachel's phone number? I need to reach out to her. And I was able to do that today. In fact, on my walk this morning, I reached out to her and uh, it was a wonderful conversation. We were both just reminiscing and sharing and laughing. Find out that little Rachel is this year, tomorrow night, hosting the family Christmas Eve gathering. <laughs> and she was telling me yeah, that she was making uh, the smelt and everything that was so uh, traditional for that evening. And I realized, as I was talking with my grandma, and as I was talking with Rachel, I miss it. That I'm can be a lonely, kind of homesick for that. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I love my life, my my family, uh, our congregation, Summit County. But there's there are realities that even though I I haven't been through the hardships of a job. That everything that's here is, is definitely a gift from God. And as much as he's allowed me to make decisions for life, uh, things have gone in many ways according to plan. And yet, I didn't know when I set out to become a pastor, uh, when I was about 20, I didn't think through the realities of Christmas. Now, as a pastor, you don't really get to go back home for Christmas. Uh, Colorado is a beautiful place to be, and yet far from Ohio. And I think those feelings of loneliness helped me realize like everyone has their own story. And yeah, there's the stories of Job that are going to make the big splash and end up in Scripture. <laughs> but there's other ways to experience loneliness, and we don't have to be ashamed or feel bad that our loneliness isn't as lonely as someone else. In fact, the reason I picked out the, the scripture reading from 2 Corinthians is because I think this twinge of loneliness that we can feel in this life is a good reminder that we're not there yet. We're not with our Lord. Not in person, not face to face. And we long for that and we miss that. And we can take that to Jesus, especially during this Advent season. <clears throat> I can't imagine that Mary wasn't 
lonely that is. Here she was, maybe 14 years old, unwed and pregnant. And she had received a a vision from the Lord. The angel Gabriel had come to her and explained to her what was happening, that the child within her was from the Lord. That child, of course, was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But no one else had seen that vision. No one else had heard the angel Gabriel's words. And so it was Mary's word against what everyone else thought they knew. However, Gabriel, the angel, did give her something at the end of their time together. He told her that her cousin, Elizabeth, who lived down in Judea, that she, in her old age, she who was called barren, she who couldn't possibly have a child, was indeed pregnant. And so Mary quickly, from Nazareth, makes that trek down to Judea. And as she gets there, she sees her cousin Elizabeth, and they embrace. And Elizabeth receives her with joy. Elizabeth, who had been in hiding for months before that, who had herself been trying to figure out what was happening. Her husband, Zechariah, even doubted that Elizabeth could possibly be pregnant, and he had a speech impediment for a few months. But when the two of them were together, they hugged, they embraced, they praised God together. John the Baptist, let me back up there, John the Baptizer, John wasn't Baptist, he was Lutheran, so we call him John the Baptizer. John the baptizer was in Elizabeth's womb, jumping for joy, just being near the Lord. Looking at this, it occurs to me that the Lord comes to lonely people Through lonely people, Mary and Elizabeth, and becomes lonely for us and experiences utter separation as he grew and ultimately takes our sin and pain and loneliness upon the cross so that we may receive his life and his righteousness and the companionship that only he can give, companionship with one another, other human beings, and companionship with God Almighty. 
That's how our Lord works. He works in and through brokenness to fix brokenness. And when Mary recognized what was happening, and when she received the confirmation from her cousin Elizabeth, she breaks out in song, song that's come down to us 2,000 years later, known as the Magnificat. That song serves as a reminder of what our Lord can do with loneliness. He does what he does. He redeems it so that many of us here over a hundred years later can sit here and be blessed by the lyrics of that song. And so it is with each of us today. That whatever pain, whatever sorrow, whatever loneliness that we are experiencing or feeling, whether it be acute and obvious like Job's, or whether it be subtle and beneath the surface, it is used by God for good.